You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to episode 398 of the Bling Matthews podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. And this is... Spe- uh, hang on. Have we changed... Did we have a meeting about this? I didn't see anything in the in the minutes from last week on the board I figured. Meeting. I figured it would be a universal um, decree that we've changed the podcast name in honor of our favorite cyclist, uh-huh. Mark Matthews, win uh-huh. at the Tour de France. His European uh, correspondent stipend that we give him is he's certainly going to be renegotiating that now. Oh, yeah. The agent has already called us. I'm pretty uh, sure he, we're going to have to look for someone new. Uh, <laughs> it's a disaster. I mean, all the best. But like, this is terrible. All anyway, the other podcasts are jumping on that wagon. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this is Spencer in uh, Holyoke, Massachusetts, beautiful Western Massachusetts, filling in this week for the little guy, Matt Allen from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, rest in peace. He's not here this week. He's alive and well. Uh, he's just um, out on assignment, I guess. Uh, on a rail bike. Um, he's looking oh. good. Uh, we did... We did do a quick FaceTime, you and I, just to check in on him. Um, the yeah. van is running, so we are not concerned. It has not broken down yet. Uh, yet. Things are looking good. Um, but yeah. so the rail bike, on the other hand, looking a little that's rough. Broken. Yeah. <laughs> I tried describing the rail bike over a weekend, and I was like, yeah, you know, it's just what really goofy people would ride. Yeah, um, that's fair. But it's a bike. It's always great to see people out on bikes, but Spencer, so much to discuss this week. Yes. Um, we've got obviously some Tour de France uh, successes and excitement, and we have good old-fashioned return of American crit beef sandwich on this week's podcast. Let's get right into it. I think the lead, rightfully so, uh-huh. should be about Michael Matthews slaying all after two second place finishes on the stages this year at the Tour de France. He finally takes it. He finally yeah. gets across yeah. the finish line um, on so, stage 14. Uh, it was wonderful to see. I had to see it on a tape delay. And <laughs> okay. it Did was you have spoil- it spoiled? Oh, it was spoiled. So, yeah. Like I had seven yeah. text messages. Like people, yeah. And then I checked Twitter. The Twitter mm-hmm. was blowing up. Everyone's like, how are they going to respond with this uh, Bling Matthews win? And then someone's like, don't even tell them about Lewis uh, Manchi's uh, uh, victory. Yeah. Or, yeah. or, sorry, ride to the top 10. It was like, well, what it's, a stage. I mean, for him, it was a victory. You know, like, let's <laughs> just, uh, we can, uh, I think that's fair. But, so, here, here's the thing. Michael Matthews, as you alluded to, two second places already, um, just just pipped at the line uh the other day on stage i don't know 11 10 something like that anyway so close uh did you feel it in your bones did you know that it was coming or were you like there's my boy second place again he's just gonna keep it up i 
I was starting to get to the point where I was getting extremely frustrated with main, um, main mainstream cycling media mm-hmm. on the roadside, not giving him the credit of these second place finishes the way that they did Wout Van Aert in the beginning. Remember the first like was it the first three stages where it was mm-hmm. like, oh, is is Wout gonna finally win a stage? Like, because wh- he keeps getting second place. Yeah, no, that's and that's a good point. And then they yeah. didn't do that for. Um, He's been knocking on the door and nobody was listening. <laughs> what? So here's like, so now he has won a stage in all three Grand Tours. Congratulations, uh-huh. Michael Matthews. Legend. He has won the Quebec GPs, like the when the UCI races happen in Quebec, he wins yep. those. High, Are, high on everyone's list. Yeah, high on everyone's list. The only thing he hasn't won yet, uh, looking at the Palmares, um, while many. Well, I was gonna say he hasn't won Japan <laughs> Cup. That's but, true. Um, oh God, that's true. But yeah, I don't yes, know. How I forgot that. Th- th- there's many others that he has not won. But I will say, my favorite part of this all was he is in a contract year, oh. um, and there was a cycling tips article or a cycling news article where he was saying he hopes to have a contract lined up by the second rest day of the tour. Uh-huh. Second full rest day of the tour. I mean, granted, this is the third one, but because of the the false start there in uh, uh, Denmark, uh-huh. he was. Um, it was pretty hilarious that that comes out and then he wins that day in pretty epic fashion. The way so, he chased down Betty. Betty. This all, is this is like, what I'm excited let's not about. Barry the lead here. Like that exactly. was an amazing performance. He he he's been knocking on the door in the sprints, and I think he was like. I just need to not go to the line with somebody is, is what it comes down to. So how about I just go in the break? How about I try the, basically the tried and true method of uh, maybe sprinters that are just past their peak, famously Tor Hushvald, uh on his quest for green. Peter Sagan has famously done this in his quest for greens over the years where you end up in these moves and you're collecting your green jersey points, Michael Matthews, not uh, not in that competition. Let's, you know, that's okay. Um, but using that same methodology to his advantage to get in the move and winning on a mountain stage, uh, on, a, on a just an incredibly epic stage profile for a Michael Matthews to win on, bar none, but then also to have been dropped by a, a rider of Bediol's caliber and then to claw yourself back so, and to drop him and to have time to celebrate across the line. I need to just acknowledge that. And I also want to ask you your thoughts on his um, finish line celebration, which he was, um, he did a few, but I think the one that stood out to me was the um, kind of, Running the orchestra, like, uh, you know, being the conductor. Yeah, a little that's bit. a good one. It's, it's a, beautiful. It's, it's a yeah. good one. So I did just did a, I, I should have been tracking this over the years. Uh-huh. Um, Can't believe you weren't. The Michael Matthews image search on Google. Okay. Um, this victory has done an amazing job for kicking down <laughs> the shirtless... Michael Matthews photo um, with the Bianchi track bike. Yeah. That for years was the, like what 
what we came to know about Michael Matthews. What right. was that? Twenty I think in twenty fifteen he won the like the um the junior or was it U twenty three world championship? Is that what he won? In, I have I'm no trying idea. to like twenty thirteen maybe. I got I gotta look. But then they made like a special bike for him. Mm-hmm. And then he totally was doing like a glamour shot slash Tinder profile photo shoot. Mm-hmm. Um that is no longer to be found because now it's nothing except his victory celebration right. um, this past weekend. So push down to page two of Google, which is maybe that's his a, best result. Actually, that's what like it's actually year, really yeah. good for him. Like this is <laughs> like good for him finally out of there. You know, it's 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 fantastic. Uh, it does though. It leaves us with a problem. Um, like, like I mentioned, our European correspondent Michael Matthews, fantastic stage winner now at the Tour de France. Uh, the the paparazzi are going to be all over him. Uh, we've obviously been um, talking about him on every single episode of the Slow Ride podcast since uh, George Hincapie retired, and uh, we no longer talk about him on the podcast every every episode. Um, Is it time to retire the Bling Matthews love? Is, well, I mean, the love will still be there, but is it? Ti- is that what you're getting at? Is our hand forced, basically? It, like, it, it, I don't know if we can might. afford it, and and it's kind of <laughs> the whole deal is that like. I mean, we, he's definitely we're, never we're coming the, on the podcast now. Right? We're the like, Israeli Academy Cycling Academy of podcasts, right? Like, we can only afford the kind of washed up <laughs> correspondent, and if he's back on top of the game. As he so clearly is, I don't know it's, that it's, it's a, as on brand as uh, we need it to be. It's it's pretty amazing. Price-wise. I mean, I I do wonder. I think that we'll have to wait till little guy comes on to to discuss. But he's definitely never coming on the podcast. Like it's at least in the next five years. Yeah, we had so a like, shot you know, for a little. We had bit our there, shot. We like, lost it. So yeah. we might have to. Um, I don't want to say go down a level, but we may need to uh, put our allure. Uh, in our lusting eyes somewhere else. Because I will say this, is that we'll come clean. I'll come clean. Michael Matthews, we were not the biggest fans of, but we ended up really starting to appreciate his skill and his consistency for animating races and kind of just never winning. Like like always being close enough to win Mm -hmm. that it was maddening. And I, I remember trying to get an interview with him at the 2015 road worlds in Richmond Uh when we had the press passes and just not getting any love. And I think at that point I was like, Oh yeah, you're, you're our favorite (laughs) now, you know, like that was going to be the thing. So, um, yeah, you know, we'll have to, we'll have to figure out, but, uh, he's still our correspondent through the rest of this, uh, contract year. So that's true. We still, we still have him. but congratulations to him. The other big news that day I mentioned earlier was just Lewis, Mentees, um, mm-hmm. and apologies again for the name, Lewis. Maybe, maybe you'll become our new correspondent. But I will say, his attack, and he climbed like seven spots that day in the GC to the top ten. Yeah, it was amazing. Well timed. It got to the point that even Ineos had to chase back the break because he was putting some serious time. Yeah, it's. I like this guy. I like this team. You know. Um... It's interesting because he has he has risen like a phoenix from the ashes of a super rookie curse because he <laughs> yes he has he he was a shining star and Tim latched onto him and the super rookie curse which is well documented over the years of this podcast which 
befalls every writer that you become enamored with. And so it was for Luis Mentes, who then had a just a unspectacular fall from grace, just disappeared. He was sort of a middling writer yeah. for, for many years, just grinding along, getting no no real results to speak of. And then suddenly he may be the first one to free themselves from the shackles of the super rookie curse. I, like, did I, did I waste it? Like, I, I hope know. not, but was uh, he yeah, the chosen one. Oh, dude. I don't know. It's great to see him and he's, he's crushing it. It's again, congratulations um, yeah. to him. Okay. Let's, uh, um, but real quick, yeah. I want to, just since I was talking about the curse, it, it reminded me of something. Mm-hmm. Last episode. Yeah, I don't want to talk about you, it. You opened the book and then closed the book on this tour. So yeah, I said, said it, it was the worst tour of all time. Well, you said uh, it was done. Done already. It was done. Yeah, and it should, uh, should have stopped at a week and a half instead of two weeks. Well, you said Pogue, <laughs> Pogue's, Pogue's in the lead. It's done. Yeah, done. This is over. a game over. Yeah. Uh, suddenly, uh-huh. knocked out of the top spot. Uh, I was wrong, yep. Knocked mm-hmm. down a few pegs. Now, he has recovered a little bit. Uh, back up to second, but uh, not in yellow anymore, Tim. And I'm wondering if the curse got him as well. Do you think that oh, was enough? I don't know if it was enough, um, but I, I see, I see what you're doing. I appreciate it. I, I think everything will. Oh God! It's congratulations to. Uh, <laughs> Jonas, uh, you know, Vingard, um, <laughs> kudos mm-hmm. to the, uh, the dynamite, um, rider from, uh, Denmark. Cause he's got a two and a half minute lead over both Pogacar and Garen Thomas. Um, yep. I will say this, Garen Thomas still looking in a pretty good spot. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I mean, Vingard's a decent TT or there yeah. still is a big TT left. It's a 40 K TT, um, which hurts it is a, because Roman Bardet is still in fourth and, and you know, a lot yeah, of people are yeah. pulling for him and it's just not going to work out. Yeah. It's just not going to happen with this. <laughs> I mean, Garen Thomas could maybe wear like a parka um, to the start line yeah, it's possible. overheat and not be aerodynamic. But I think that uh, it's been a good tour. I, I was yeah. wrong ever, yeah. you know, I'm still batting 900, but you know, it's, it's, it's okay. And, uh, it's been it's been a great t- so okay Alpduez, can we talk about this on bastille day and then okay. the, the brit comes across the channel and says happy bastille day france i'm uh-huh. taking the title with one hell of a descent arguably the greatest descent i have ever seen on a road bike so, okay well, maybe the second greatest the first would be St- St- uh, Stephen christwick going into the snowbank and, and the losing Giro. the juro yeah yeah Getting, like, getting the nickname that everyone clearly uses that we gave yeah. him, the snowman. The snowman. Um, so, Pidcock's win, amazing. I, I don't know. I need to go back and rewatch some uh, Salvadelli Giro descents before uh-huh. I can say that this is the greatest descent uh, I've ever Il, seen. But El Falco swoops to victory. That was a great World Cycling Productions DVD. Yeah, 2003, good. probably. I uh, think so. Maybe four. I'll have to look this one up, yeah. Um, but uh, quite good. Definitely one of the more exciting stages and descents in recent 
memory, I will say. Well, that's so passed. maybe the, maybe this Pitcock kid has like a future in cycling. I don't know where he so, came from. Okay, let's. I mean, as soon as little guy gets back, like this is a guaranteed nomination for the Slow Ride Podcast Championship belt. Really? Okay. But then Michael Matthews is going to come in off the top rope and take it. I'm just saying. <sighs> yeah, like, it does tend to work that way. Anyways, Optoise was fantastic. It's been a fantastic tour. I can't believe anybody would turn it off. Um, it's been. It's been fantastic. We still have a week to go because they still got to go to the Pyrenees. So, mm. speaking of Garrett Thomas, according to G, mm-hmm. he doesn't like big sunglasses. Did you see this? I have not. So, you know, he's he's got his classic old school weirdo glasses that he's yeah. the only guy that wears, wears yeah. them anymore. Um, I, I appreciate someone that doesn't like the ugly. Well, he switched. Shields. He switched to shields oh, for no. one stage. And then he switched back. <laughs> so he was like, I'll give these a shot. The sponsors are hassling me, whatever. And he was like, I hate this. I hate the kids. I hate their stupid games. I'm not playing it. And he switches back and uh, starts climbing back up the uh, the GC again. So I kind of love to see that. I'm very excited about the chapter in his f- forthcoming book, I'm assuming. Um, yeah, it will be that- updated version three after this about the the glasses. Um, now, Spencer, before we wrap on tour talk, um, I I do want to point out, I don't know if you've had a chance to look. Probably. The battle for 16th place Ugh. is pretty epic right now. 16th place, arguably the second most um, important finishing position of the Tour de France because it's a yeah. sign of things to come. It shows that you're just right there that you were probably the one that was leading the attack near the end, and then you just have a little bit of a collapse. We have three riders that are within 30 seconds of each other, mm-hmm. and currently right now, L.L. Sanchez of Bahrain Victorious is a four-second lead over his, the majestic Thibaut Pino. Mm. And What a comeback that was. And then be. another Groupana FDJ rider, uh, Valentin Madu is at 27.10. So all within 30 seconds. FDJ, you guys know, you got team tactics here. Yeah. You can you can give it, you know, hit up LL Sanchez a little bit. He's going to he's going to fall off. I guarantee it. Uh, what a yeah. I am pulling for Pino for that. I think he can take a couple of seconds out of uh Luis Leon Sanchez for sure. Um I'm sure you know, in the heat of the tour, you know, and it, obviously it has been quite hot there. Um, maybe he hasn't been thinking about 16th place um, the way he should, you know, because you're focused on so many other things with the, the pomp and circumstance of the tour. But hopefully he doesn't overshoot the mark. But I would be I think, I would be I, I think he's going to overshoot it because here's here's what's going to happen there's at least one more rider in the top 15 that's going to like get sent home for like covid or like roglitch just left like someone else is going to leave that pino is going to just slide his way into 16th place and hold it all the way to paris it's gonna be a wonderful thing to see okay but um yeah so you know the tour has been going well but you know the big news is next week is the start of the women's tour de france brought to you by zwift and that's something we have been waiting for considerably um not for the for the first time since the mid-1980s despite it being 2022 yeah um the aso has finally come around we played a few weeks ago the spot the difference 
uh, between the uh, the prize lists. But I'm pretty excited to see uh, the course that is set up for the women's race. I am mm-hmm. stoked for it. So next Sunday will be our, um, I guess, maiden voyage. We'll be, we'll be podcasting again. Um, mm-hmm. I will actually be in Little Guy's living room for next week's episode. I'll make sure to bring a good microphone. We'll, we'll deal with it. I, I apologize for the last time, but <laughs> you know, we'll be able to see stage one, the women on the Champs-Élysées, and yeah. then the, uh, the men finishing there. It's going to be wonderful. Yes, absolutely. I look forward to that. I look forward to your microphone setup being much better than last year. Oh, oh, um, yeah, it was bad. Maybe the most amazing thing that has happened in this tour since last episode, though, uh, let's let's just take Michael Matthews and, and set him aside, since he would obviously yeah. overshadow okay. everything so, else. Most amazing things. We have the an amazing descent by Pidcock to bridge yeah. the gap to then win on the on the uh, Alpe d'Huez on Bastille Day. Yes. Okay. That's not it. Something more amazing than that. Okay. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, here's Michael Matthews attacking. Wait, no, sorry. Here's the second most <laughs> thing is uh-huh. Louis Mentes going in the break and uh-huh. slaying it uh-huh. to get into the top 10, which yeah, is a yeah. great accomplishment. Okay. Yeah. Not that. No. Um, not as cool as the Pidcock and Alpe d'Huez. Spencer, no. what could possibly be cooler? Well, it, it it's, um, has a lot to do with Pidcock and Mentes, actually, because it happened on the same stage, stage 12. And like... I feel like this got some press probably across the pond, but um, I just want to give a little bit of, of uh, I don't know, slow ride podcast love, I guess. <laughs> sure. Um, I don't know where you're going with it, so I'll just sign the, on right now. The redemption story for Chris Froome at the tour. I, well, he was dominant and on top of things and with Team Sky and and crushing folks at the tour i could not stand this guy absolutely could not stand this guy just staring at the stem he had that horrible crash he's been fighting to come back ever since he's i don't know what changed maybe it's maybe it's the underdog status maybe it's something else um but seeing him riding well riding in the break i was like stoked and then to finish third like to stand on yeah. a grand uh, grand tour podium uh, for a stage again is uh, you know it's a, it's a feel good story. It, it got overshadowed by the Minty's feel good story and the Pitcock feel good story on the same day, which is unfortunate for Chris Froome, but what? that's just how it goes sometimes. I think it's you know what he's definitely gained some points in my um, thought because we did talk about when Chris Froome was at the peak, mm-hmm. he would change his game. To be dominant. People would be like, oh, he doesn't descend well. Then all of a sudden he's doing the super tuck while pedaling. Like mm-hmm. he he was always consistent there that we kind of started to come around because he was looking at that. There was that one time where he was going for the triple because he won the Giro, the Vuelta in the same year. And then he was going for the tour the next year and he, yeah. or whatever. No, he won the tour in the Vuelta, but then he couldn't win the Giro um, with the crash. And I think that, I think that's how the timing works. But the point is he took a giant contract with, Israel Cycling Academy, yeah. right? Takes the contract. We think he was like just to go and take the contract. Right out into the sunset. Yeah. And right into the sunset. But here he is like doing what he can. Like it's actually pretty awesome to see. So that's definitely some kudos to them. Yeah. Um, now I'm not going to protest uh, leaving um, the tour talk. Is there anything else uh, you want to bring up? 
It's interesting that you say that, you know, because um, a lot of people would protest uh, moving moving on from the tour. They want to slow you down and just sort of uh, get you to pay get, attention to what they want you to hear. Um, now, what are the protests this year? In the past, we've had the tractor protests. We've had tractor some, labor uh, disputes, yeah. yeah. Um, famously, Bernard Hinault throwing folks off the stage uh, during that one, I believe. Um, yeah, I've seen, I've seen him... Uh, you know, beat beat up, beat up protesters as well. <laughs> you know, fam- yeah. famous union guy that uh, yeah. <laughs> Bernardino. <laughs> so we had uh, we had a couple um, a couple stoppages or attempted stoppages of the tour uh, with protesters in the road for uh, climate climate activists, which okay makes perfect sense. Uh, yeah, I'm desperate, all for that. Desperate times um, call for desperate measures, I guess. Um, Especially when considering the environmental impact of the tour alone. I'm sure all those it's diesel engines going, yeah. going 10 miles an hour up the side of a mountain is uh, not exactly the best. Oh, yeah, and every one of those transmissions needs to go in the trash from the team cars afterwards. So, um, But Spencer, yeah. we are fining 30 Swiss francs if you throw a water bottle. I mean, That's change true. is coming to the tour. Green initiative, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I I don't know uh, how you feel about these protests. Um, I've seen a lot of different folks. I've seen some quotes from riders being like, oh, very important, but wish they wouldn't, you know, impact the race or whatever. And uh, I'm just sort of like, hey, that's the tour, man. Like, yeah, I'm actually this isn't like, the first I, time. I, like, it's been for years and decades and, and throughout history, like, the tour is a publicity like, stunt in the first place. So to was that be writer mad quoted at, TJ Van Garderen? No, that guy's been oh, retired wow. for a decade, okay. Tim. Like, right. like, there are the, other idiots, but because like, are they going to say the same thing about a train coming across Paris or Bay? Like it's kind of like, like, Oh, well it's really cool. Except if it interferes with the race, like, ah, you know, like to yeah. me, it's part of the, the beauty and the mystery and the ridiculousness of being a cycling fan and cycling in general is that anything can happen and the riders have to deal with it. You know, they could get a flat, they could crash, they could get their bars hooked by a, a, um, a feed a bag little, from, uh, from some a little, little kid, kid on the side of the uh, tourmalet. Um, what a you know, day. that could be a train crossing Prairie Roubaix. Like, yeah, uh, it could be some protesters in the road. That's, that's part of what I love about it. And then part of the hypocrisy and maybe uh, today's Peloton probably weren't even born uh, when this happened, but the riders themselves have sat down and protested before. <laughs> so I don't know that the Peloton really has a leg to stand I'm, up famously in 1998 over some dubious uh, issues that they were upset about. Um, you know, they were so mad these- that the police found all their drugs. 24 years ago. So there are a lot of riders that weren't even born um, when that happened. Spencer, I'm with you. Like, I'm really disappointed to hear that there are riders that are frustrated by protests. Like, that is the tour. I will say this, though. Okay. I am shocked in my fandom, and knock on wood because I want nothing to happen, that there hasn't been, like, a crazy incident that has happened at the tour, considering the thousands of miles along open roads sure. and the millions of people that are, that land, that stand on the side of the roads over the course of a tour. Um, but this is the big, but if you're a fan 
and you're running across, you're interfering with the race, mm-hmm. you play stupid games, you get stupid rewards. Yeah. So if you're going to have a, a football helmet with giant deer antlers and, and all of a sudden someone takes a swing and gets you away from them, hey, all is fair in the game of love and war. Sure, yeah. Like, oh, I, th- I think that's that's reasonable. all I'm saying. Now, if you're going to protest out there, eh, you know, you might, you might, you might have to deal with the badger, Bernard Hino. But you know what? You can get more publicity for your cause. Well, you know, we do have somebody still on our payroll that we can get their opinion on this thing. <laughs> Surprisingly, still on our payroll for a very limited time. Let's let's get in with stage 14 of the 2023 Tour de France. Our very own. Michael Matthews in this week's Cream Lab. <laughs> this is Abby Mickey from Rally UHC Professional Cycling Team, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, guys, here we are in the Premlap. Last week, we told you all about it. The week before that, we told you all about it, but we have a continuing sponsor. And that is Sea Sucker, the amazing bike racks that fit on any car uh-huh. that can be installed within about 15 seconds. Uh-huh. They are the ultimate emergency bike rack. They are the so, em- ultimate real bike rack. Tim, here's the level. thing. Here's the thing. I've seen these. They're the suction cup rack, right? Yes. It's, it's the gimmicky suction cup rack. I don't know if I'm into this. Convince me why I shouldn't go into my garage and just pick up my 50 or 60 pound uh, hitch rack that I have, lug mm-hmm. that over by in my car, lift it up, try and pilot it into the hitch, and then crawl uh-huh. under there, yeah. put the little safety bar through, lock it on. Oops, where are my keys for that thing? I don't know. I got to go find those. Like, why, 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 what, what makes this easier than what I'm already doing, which is totally easy? Because it's lightweight. You can take it anywhere you want. Lugging a hitch rack all the way across my garage floor for when I can just put some sweet suction cups on that are never going to fail and can fit on any car. Do you want the ugly hitch rack? Hey, that's the first question. Think about all of the cars out there. I had to, <laughs> true story, I have a, I have a, a golf uh, sport wagon. I had to remove the entire plastics for the bumper to install oh. a hitch rack on that thing. It was extremely stressful and took a long time. Like I had to basically take my brand new car apart. To, so I would actually, this is a good selling point uh, <laughs> where I don't have to put a hitch on because, oh my God, what a pain. Uh, you mentioned yes. something about how quick these go on. Uh, is it, I, it can't be. So true. the first, so Tell it's me very more. simple. Take a little bit of water from your water bottle that you have spray it on the hood of your car, your trunk of your car, the side of your car. I don't even care the back of your car. And you put the suction cups on <laughs> and they have these little like buttons and you, you push the button a bunch of times and there's a little indicator that it will tell you when there's enough suction and you cannot uh-huh. pull these things off. Here's the key. Oh, I have good. seen videos and I have seen friends that have Porsche Carreras that go to bike races with these things. By the way, they have a Porsche Carrera and then they have like okay. an aluminum bike with Shimano nine speed, but whatever, that's a whole besides the point. And cause they're smart. 
it is good investments and the bike all around. never falls off and a sea sucker rack these are geniuses yeah. jumbo visma they use it for their tour de france rack system and they're about to win the tour de france uh-huh. it's a tour de france winning bike rack system i just go to seasucker.com and use the, the promo code slowride 15 okay. you save 15 percent. and let's give a Quick shout out to friend of the podcast. We got an email this week from Matt Milner, who hits us up. You guys okay. sold me on the Sea Sucker Rack. I bought one after the last show. Keep up the great work. And Matt, thanks for joining the, the club. But the other thing I want to point out just quickly before we wrap up on the Sea Sucker, because we've gone well over <laughs> yeah, like the time they Buy more, more, I guess. Um, because I, I actually enjoy these things. Um, it obviously can do a lot more than just transport bikes. So if you're into skiing, if you're into, uh, you know, kayaking, any of that kind of junk, they got all the, um, crossbar mounts and all the other things that, uh, for any other sports. So, um, you are not just, uh, buying a one time or a one sport use kind of thing, which, uh, is always a, a smart move. Um, and you don't get no. to Porsche Carrera if you're not making smart moves like this. So just, Think about it that way. Also, check out WideAnglePodium.com. We've talked about it many times before, but find out about the bevy of shows on the Wide Angle Podium Network. We'll talk more about one of our favorite shows, Criterium mm-hmm. Nation, upcoming after the, the return of Crit Beef that we'll get to after the jump. But check out the family of shows, Grodio, mm-hmm. the best gravel cycling podcast in the world with Friends of the Pod, Amanda Nauman, um, Zach Schuster, and Bill Scheichen, mm-hmm. and then also CX Harris Radio, and the amazing indoor cycling podcast, Nowhere Fast. It's great stuff on the network. Check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and thanks again to all the supporters who came on board during our donor drive through June. Uh, really, really appreciate your support and uh, everyone in the network does as well. All right, let's get back to the show. All right, Spencer, there is a ton of emails, but first, Mm. I think we should check in with our dear friends over at the reviews. Oh, five stars. This one came into us on July 6th from Sacto Slats. Five stars, a really fun listen, reminds me of hanging out with my running and cycling buddies. Aw. Thanks. That means a lot. That's the whole point. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. you got it. Like, you did it. Yeah. We you know what? we've achieved. Come hang goal. out with us sometime. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, that, that's good. Um, five stars. Toronto equals St. Louis. It would have been six stars, but equating Toronto with St. Louis knocked a star <laughs> off the review. <laughs> oh, Ooh. that's harsh. That hurts. But so now, now I'm a little bit concerned. When were we? knocking st louis on this podcast or toronto well i'm pretty sure if you look at the date on that one it came that review came in directly after the sunday stroll uh episode dropped uh in which we did a lot of talk about st louis and maybe a little disparaging of toronto so if if you haven't heard the sunday stroll podcast which is of course our annual um rewatch and rediscussion of the cycling classic American Flyers uh, do so. Uh, it's in the feed. It's different than the Slow Ride podcast. It's a different podcast within a podcast, <laughs> I would say. Um, 
So uh, it's a hole in the donut yeah. of yet another hole in the donut. Exactly. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, um, a lot of yeah. emails. That one. This episode this year has generated a lot of feedback. So we're gonna have to sit on that for another year, unfortunately. Yeah, I've got. My inbox, I kind of keep them there. And then like every year near the end, you know, it's just a ton of uh, Sunday stroll. American Flyers, check it out. Um, I think any of the the ones that talk about what is the better movies Uh than American Flyers now are just going to get kicked over to the American Flyers episode. Yeah. Because it's like constant. We get lots of requests for conversation. And I mean, Um, all folks got to do is listen to the episode to figure out why uh, they're wrong. And, um, you know, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Friend of the podcast, Graham Partain, hits us up with the subject line, Path Etiquette. Oh. Quick path question for you guys. I've been traveling for a couple weeks and had some interesting path experiences in a couple of different cities. Okay. Two main concerns. While in Wyoming doing some path rides with my wife through the Teton National Park, there was an abundance of locals utilizing the paths on e-bikes as commuters to get to and from work around town. I say e-bike because they have pedals on them. But those things do around 30 miles an hour, which I'm pretty sure they have a throttle. Should these e-bikes be on a bike path at all if the rider barely pedals but just mostly hits the throttle? We got buzzed quite a few times when going through town by these machines. Seems like maybe they should move on the road. Wow. Um, Hmm. Okay. Okay, so the question is basically getting buzzed by e-bikes on a sidewalk or a path uh and is that okay or is this like an electric scooter situation i will say this i was walking down the sidewalk the other day with my kid Uh and someone was on an e-bike and came past me on the sidewalk at ripping speed like must have been like 22 miles an hour and i had no clue i was i was pushing a, a little Heimar in the stroller that thing came ripping and it was not cool like it was like the buzz no bell nothing right 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 and I think, I think that gets to the the crux of what I would say about this, about your issue and about Graham's as well, is that yeah, the bikes might be overpowered. They might be, you know, whatever. Um, I don't think that makes a huge difference, whether they're pedaling all the time or some of the time or what percent of mm-hmm. the time. I don't care. What it is, is the bike industry and the bike kind of culture does a bad job of education for new riders. You know, like that guy on the sidewalk probably shouldn't have been on the sidewalk, but at the very least he should have had a bell and let you know, like give you a heads up. Like these are kind of things that are obvious to experienced riders who have been riding on paths or streets or sidewalks or whatever um, for a long time that might not just be obvious to somebody like, just who just bought an e-bike off some e-commerce site and it showed up at their door and they sort of put it together and figured it out and they're just getting to work or whatever. Like I'm not going to hate on anybody riding any bike for any reason, but I'm not going to also say that everyone riding a bike at any time for any reason is (laughs) is good at it. You know what I mean? Like what's the, no, this is a very good point. Um, I think twofold. Graham, they should not be on the road buzzing you and your wife. However, if they were not at full throttle, like they they should they should <laughs> they should pull up, pull back on the reins a little bit. Um, yeah. I think maybe you should say that. I think you should say, "Whoa, 
cowboy, and then maybe um, they'll they'll slow up a little bit. Some Wyoming and also, humor. I like that. Huh? Yeah, that way. Um, I would also say that your what would be. They don't. I don't want a governor on these things because I will say this: when I'm in California and I see a lot of e-bikes out on the road, because they have throttle, they can go 25, 30 miles an hour, which actually, like on city roads is super safe because you're moving at the speed of traffic. Right. So yeah. because of that, it's not like you're a 12 mile an hour bike on the shoulder and the cars are going to like kind of do the squeeze bypass. When you're going 25 on a, on a throttled um, e-bike and you take the lane, yeah. like you're still moving pretty close to the speed limit. So I, I found that like the cars are way more acceptive of you there, if that makes sense. I would rather be so. buzzed by an e-bike going too fast than a car going too fast any day yes. of the week. <laughs> and if I'm going to have an accident, I'd rather be hit by somebody on an e-bike who's an idiot than somebody in a car who is on their phone, you know? So, I, you know, it's, it's not good. It's not a good situation. There's room for improvement, I would say. Uh, but, yeah, I, it's I'm tough. I'm sure that the folks in Wyoming want to hear from us city slickers yeah. and how best to do it. That's a tough situation because um, obviously it could be better, um, but it's tough to throw people under the bus for, for getting out and learning about riding bikes. And maybe a year from now, they'll be riding normal bikes and not e-bikes, uh, you know, Ooh, this, take the old training wheels off, you know, this next question is a good one from Graham. He continues. The next question is regarding the greenways in Chicago. <laughs> you may I, remember okay. that the the origins of superrookie.com yeah. were all about bike racing and bike riding in Chicago, including the world famous lakefront path. Oh, I can't wait to see Graham's experiences here. I grabbed a rental while in town and did some rides north and south along the lake on what they call a bike only path. There are walking, <laughs> jogging paths along these bike paths. What I experienced was an assortment of rollerbladers, rollerblazers, joggers, wandering beer drinkers, scooters, uh -huh. tourists taking selfies, hardcore roadies, and triathletes, full arrow, doing 25. I'm not sure how many incidents they have on the paths of Chicago, but from my perspective, it was both terrifying and irritating. I found myself shaking my fists and looking at the sky as I swerved around joggers and tourists that are hogging the bike lane. Five feet to the left is perfectly good jogging path. Why are they even on my path? Can I tell them to get out of the bike path? Can they be ticketed for obstructing bike traffic? How do you handle these inconsiderate, selfish people? Thanks for listening, Graham. Oh, Graham, this is so good. Rule of thumb. Unless you're teaching your kid to ride a bike, never ride the Chicago lakefront path. Yeah, it is. It's it a, is. It's a good place. I to have, start, Yeah, it is a minefield of chaos. It gets a little bit better when you go south, Chicago into Indiana along the path, or you go into what used to be Miggs Field, um, the old airport, uh, where you could do like like a little like three mile loop. But that path is absolute chaos because yes, there's a running path, and then there's just everything else path that they so, have a bike painted on it. It's insane. Tim, Correct me if I'm wrong, but Chicago is a fairly decent-sized city, right? Yes, it is. It is the second-largest city in the country, and you cannot go east because there's a giant lake there. So yeah, and there's so, a highway between the city and the lake. And how is the bike path? How is the traffic in Chicago? Like, what is the city layout? Would you like? Is it fun to like do recreational things in Chicago? 
Oh, it is it is it is not fun to do recreational things. I have so many stories of yeah. the world famous Montrose ride. Maybe you've seen the Instagram account. Uh, you know the Judson ride. So much awesome in Chicago, and it so, is not in the city. When if it you're just a bikes. normie who's trying to get yes. out of the house and do something, you have one option. It sounds like that's the lakefront path. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but it's just nowhere for everybody to go on that yeah, one. Yeah, I think that's where, what the unfortunate go? answer is. Um, yeah, that's tough. I I, I sympathize uh, as well, but yeah, there's no group riding on that path. Uh, you're just you're just cruising along, swerving around. Take take it as a bike handling skills lesson, cornering lesson. Um, get your wits about you, you know. Uh, bobbing and weaving and uh, put those crit skills to use until you get a little further out of town. And then it's uh, then it's quite nice. Yeah. And this next email comes to us from wordless Joe. Um, and that's how the bet was won. Hi guys, listening to the pod on my ride to work. I got stopped in my tracks and had to laugh out loud when a listener mentioned to be marveled by my lead in roller derby, <laughs> wondering whether I was half rain man, half Mercs, or whether I had some inside information. Well, here's how that bet was won. Now, Joe goes pretty in-depth in his entire style of writing um, and betting. Uh-huh. But he goes on to say that he gets he lives in Belgium, and most of his details come from Belgian newspapers. So he knew that there was a solid chance that Ev, um, Remco was going to win um, uh Liege, Bastogne Liege. Yeah. Based, on, based he, on the fact that Quickstep hadn't won in the Ardennes yet. So, uh, and he was talking about how when he does roller derby, he when he first started, he would do the calculations and sprinkle a lot on a lot of different people. So no matter what, he would win. Yeah. But he would only win like maybe 100 points. That's kind of so, my style. Yeah. When Remco was at 20 to 1, he was like, why not? I'll spend less time on trying to get up the leaderboard Let's just put it all on there. And before you knew it, Remco wins, right? So now he's at the very top. Yeah. And now he feels kind of bad about it. And this is what I want to say. This is lovely. I feel a bit embarrassed by being so many points ahead by a lucky guess. I can do what I do, and I want betting almost without any consequence. However, I wonder if this is how it feels to be a wealthy investment capitalist in today's society. For someone who has even been called a commie lefty by my fellow Europeans, that just doesn't sit right. I did not want statistical scheming to ruin the game, but it should be possible for others to have a chance of winning as well. Therefore, I would love Luke, the creator of Roller Derby, to consider taxing me a hefty Belgian 55% on my points income and redistributing it to a more equal playing field. Maybe consider a different leaderboard metric that reflects knowing cycling such as the number of points, the number of divided by the number of bets. Mm-hmm. Um, this is so good. But here you go. This is my favorite part. He put 1,000 points on Bardet to win the tour, which would yield about 60,000 points if he wins. Ask Luke, as he is the first rider of a team that has signed the MPCC charter, does that count as a win? Yeah, there you of go. Of course, he's talking about the, uh, <laughs> the self-proclaimed, if any of these teams get a rider that uh, tests positive, that they, the whole team pulls out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then PPPS, I learned on Belgian public broadcasting, again, that the last Kofidis win in the tour was in 2008, 
14 years ago. Yeah. Other teams weren't even born then. Yeah. It's impressive. And they got close <laughs> uh, this week as well within 500 meters uh, with the breakaway and were swallowed up. Um, you know that that Kofidis team boss was a, he was on the phone ordering the champagne uh. already. And uh, that's just unfortunate. But um, kudos, Wordless Joe, uh, for playing so well in the roller derby, putting your knowledge to good use. You're careful, uh, you know, reading between the well, lines of the Belgian press. And I, we're going to forward this to Luke. We're going we're gonna to see if he yeah. will, uh, if he will tax you, um, Belgians, uh, Belgium's, um, tax rate 55 percent uh, of your total haul and see if we can redistribute that or not i don't know how that works luke is very uh he doesn't like to mess with the economy of roller derby too much no he doesn't um so it, i don't know if he'll like this idea or not but we will definitely present it to him aussie and kiwi corner one more email this week this one comes to us from jeff aldrich gents just wanted to let you know that for the next few months you'll have another person in your australian audience and later in the year, another person in your New Zealand audience. Oh. My Aussie wife is going back to school to get her medical degree in New Zealand. So we've left North Virginia and are now Southern Hemisphere dwellers. Amazing. It just so happens that we'll still be here in Australia during the World Championships. Uh. So I'm heading up to Wollongong for the weekend. Similar to my aborted attempt to cover the tour down under for you guys just before the pandemic hit. If you'll grant me permission... I'll see if I can get press credentials for the UCI so I can collect some pre-lap drops and various shout-outs for the pod and hopefully some swag for you guys. All the best, Jeff. Jeff, Perfect. yeah, you're hired. You have our blessing. <laughs> Let us know if you need an official Slow Ride podcast. Yeah, uh, we'll get you the letterhead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Business. Go card enjoy it. We, we 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 need it. This will, this will be fantastic. Um, uh, thank thanks again for reaching is, out and congratulations. Uh, this is exciting. Your wife to go back to get the the medical degree. We have, I guess, one real quick email that just came in before the wire from a friend of the pod, Doug Kniper. Gentlemen, is the Stanley Cup re- referred to as the Hockey Championship Cup? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. no. It's, it's, oh, no. It's, no. Right? Is the Lombardi Trophy referred to as the Football Championship Trophy? I guess I, I see where he's going here. Then why are you calling the Zobel Belt anything other than the Zobel Belt? Doug, and of course he's talking about the post up before mm-hmm. winning, which well the post up sure. for losing, the post up for second place. Yeah, the post up for second place. Um, but yeah, it's a good point. The so Zobble, maybe that's what we're gonna have to start tracking. The Zobble now, yeah. the Zobble Bell, and then someone's just gonna have to do the historic like who does the fake post up for second or third place right. when someone's up the road. So, um. We mentioned it a little bit earlier, Tim. Um, oh, God. And, and, we're, and here we we're, are. We're, yeah. running, we're running out of time on the episode. But thankfully, we don't need much time. Um, but uh, yeah. Crit Beef is back. Crit Beef. It's a buzz, Let's talk about it. It's a buzzword this week uh, after the Salt Lake City Criteriums um, are happening. This, By the way, this Salt Lake City Criterium, I'm just assuming four corners and really, really long blocks. Probably. <laughs> On the plat of Zion. <laughs> um, so Crit Beef was born 
Yeah. Uh, what about a year ago? A little over a year, year and a half ago, um, yep. by mm-hmm. our friend Rob over inadvertently <laughs> by our friend Rob over at <laughs> yeah. Criterium Nation on the podcast uh, when his Instagram um, claimed that everything had changed and Legion claimed that no, it actually had not changed and went on to yeah, dominate the entire season. Uh, so Rob goes like, hey, everything, this changes everything because Best Buddies signed a new rider. Yeah. Yep, yep. So like suddenly uh, there's another team. It, it became crit beef. There were shirts. It was a hashtag. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Um, it continues. Uh, it and the has, two main, the two main people in crit beef last year, and this is important to the story. Yeah. Travis McCabe, former world tour rider mm-hmm. um, and multi-time U S national champion mm-hmm. who was racing for best buddies. And then uh, Justin Williams on Legion and Legion won clearly at Tulsa Tough last week or last year, and it kind of put Crit Beef to bed. It kind of did. Um, so kind of people were like, "All right, this is cool." Travis McCabe rode off into the sunset. Best buddies in Legion came to head again in Salt Lake City. Yeah, uh, yeah, and um, it uh, there was some argy bargy, let's say, uh, on the last lap. And uh, some riders came together, current national criterium champion riding for uh, Best Buddies. Michael um, Hernandez from Florida. I've ridden with him many times. Has a, has some sort of incident with Corey Williams, uh, uh-huh. obviously, yeah. of, of Legion. And, and, and there's a picture that gets released first that it shows you what looks like Corey Williams pushing Michael Hernandez to the curb out of the line. It just looks brutal. looks like Corey's really kind of give him the old Shopping. heave ho. Yeah. And um, you, if you look at that, you're like, Ooh, <laughs> Corey also, real news wrote a story about it and <laughs> yes. they, they get, they, they get, they, what happens is this, this incident happens at turn one. The race ends Legion, by the way, it goes one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> Poor in five. The race. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. And uh, uh, anyway, Hernandez is waiting for him at the end. Uh, words are exchanged. Fist blows are exchanged. Uh, it's ugly. Nobody wants to see that in well, cycling at all. Ugly because any fight that happens while you're wearing road cycling shoes is not a fun fight to watch. Well, it's, yeah. I mean, it's embarrassing it's like all penguins. around. Yeah, it's yeah. it's yeah, totally. embarrassing all around. The whole thing's a disaster at that point. But so Velenius jumps on it. They have a story up, um, which is great, but they get a lot of best buddies side of things, I would say, in well, this in this story, which is fine because Legion just has one little paragraph the at the end where they're this just This is like, my favorite part. Is that the Vela News article that was written last night mm-hmm. and the writer commented on my Twitter thread about this went to bed because <laughs> they weren't there. Yeah. And so, like, the race is all about Legion dominates both men's and women's. Right. Kendall Ryan had a great post-race interview <laughs> about showing people how to corner. Yeah. And then it's like, so I wake up this morning and people are like, did you see what happened out in Salt Lake? And I'm like, well, Vela News just has it, like, Legion dominated again. Yeah. And then I'm like, wait, they didn't even write about it until the next day. Right. Because, uh, yeah, it was like uh, nobody knew that it happened, right? It wasn't part of the race. It wasn't But it was a lot stream. of best buddies' side on this. It was, uh, yeah, they talked to the team boss. They talked to uh, Hernandez. Um, it was like, you chopped me. It's terrible riding. No respect in the Peloton. A lot of stuff about respect in the Peloton, which is, you know, 
an important thing. You got to be able, these are your coworkers, right? Like you need to be able to yeah. go in and perform at a professional level week in and week out and trust that people aren't going to be riding like absolute jerks, right? Um, so that I get, but they did a lot of like, uh, you know, sort of between the lines being like, Legion does this all the time. They're dirty riders. Um, yeah. And the quote from Legion at the end was, we would never do anything to endanger anyone end quote like that was it very very cut and dry or whatever and i think a lot of people were just like bought the best buddy side of things yeah and then later today the video comes out <laughs> because of course legion has a video like 800 team gopros yeah 800 gopros like, but they have guys on the side of the road with like nice which is cameras the best video like, yeah so there and, is extremely good footage clear footage of this incident happening out like it's clear as day and hernandez rides into the side of Corey williams hooks his elbow just as Corey said uh hernandez of course in the interview in vela news said there was no contact made he just got chopped you can clearly see that hernandez rides into him Corey like nearly knocked off the road saves it is unclipped and swerving is that the coolest save of all time one of the best saves of all time. <laughs> Ex- like they're going so fast, and yeah. to save that is just incredible. Speaks to the skills uh, uh, Corey Williams has. But anyway, um, basically, this video just shuts down the entire argument. And I don't know why Hernandez went to go start a fight after well, the fact over this. And it's embarrassing for our national champion to be acting like an absolute child after he rode like a turd during so, the race. Like this is, and then this I, is embarrassing. If you look at it, Travis McCabe, former teammate also lives uh-huh. here in Florida, lives here in Orlando. His like Instagram story was more along the lines of what are you doing? You cannot try to get the last wheel of the Legion train by undercutting right. a corner because basically right. what it looks like on the video is Hernandez. He's trying to push into the train. He's yeah. trying to push into the train after a corner by undercutting and pushing yeah. Corey Williams wide. And he comes in contact with Corey Williams, pushes Corey Williams lot wide, overlaps a wheel, and keeps it up at full speed. I mean, I had a ton of respect for all of these guys, but for no one to go down in this crash. And then yeah. that's – and his reaction, Corey Williams' reaction to keep it up is what led – to the push of putting Hernandez into yeah, the leaning curb on him. Yeah, and leaning like, on him. And they still didn't both go down, but right. it's like, you could say rubbing's racing, but this is a whole nother level. And then to see like the punches thrown on all sides. <sighs> yeah. Like, like so, it was, and it was all sides so, on the punching. From oh what yeah. I yeah. See. Yeah. Like, no, but <laughs> like, it was, it was, they were, but they were definitely, uh, I think aggressively approached. <laughs> by, uh, <laughs> Let's just say those teams are not best buddies uh, with each other. There you go. There you go. Um, I like it. That was a that was a good but, delivery uh, right there. Coming coming out of this, um, there's a fine uh, for Hernandez, um, five hundred dollars and disqualified. Uh, Justin Williams also a two hundred fifty dollar fine, disqualified. Both prevented from entering the race the next day. Um, also at Salt Lake City, but. A suspension recommendation for Hernandez as well, um, which is in line with uh, violence at a bike race. Uh, as as you know so well, 
uh, having been a, a a witness. I've been a uh, witness to one of these hearings and, at USA Cycling in the past when you saw some punches thrown well, in a bike race. So yeah, and that actually like came up on my Twitter today. I don't know if you saw this, but I, I was not, thinking no. of the time, and I I mean I had to apologize. I didn't know how deep that this goes, but I re- remember when Jonathan Baker, who's now doing mm-hmm. gravel racing basically went after Meyerson at the Kansas city, Adam Meyerson, a friend of the pod, Kansas city cross Nats, um, mm-hmm. because they came together. No one was at fault. The bikes were tangled and Baker was just amped Maybe. up and wanted yeah. to get the bikes untouched. And Meyerson was like, Whoa, dude, slow down. Like we got to get the handlebars unhooked here. And then Baker just like punched Meyerson out of the blue. And it was a total sucker punch. And then USA cycling called me to do like an interview the reason I had to apologize. Right yeah. The reason I had to apologize. I didn't know about this, and I think it raises a really good point. Is that I was I put on Twitter like, "Oh, Crit Beef is like someone was like Crit Beef is back," and I was like, "Yeah, I mean, someone's got to call it Meyerson." I didn't know about like Meyerson and the early two thousands with Scott Mercer. He he and I were talking offline on this, and basically the assault that happened after like the Nantucket Crit or a, a Crit in Connecticut. Um, like there's some serious damage that happened when he was punched and he had to end up getting like a pretty big surgery. Um, yep. so yeah, this is like some yeah. serious stuff when you bring any of that violence on the bike or off the bike. Yeah. That there's just there's like no place for it. No. It's, um, but yeah, so now USA so cycling is going to get involved. It, it carries a one year suspension potentially. Yes. Um, most likely. So I, I think it's pretty embarrassing for USA cycling <laughs> to have to suspend their national champion. Uh, for a year for being an idiot, uh, for something that he caused himself, frankly. Um, I will, I will also say that, uh, Legion pulled out both their men's and women's team from the race today saying that they were, uh, for safety reasons. Um, they were just basically like, we're done here. It's not like, it's not what bike racing is about. And I can't blame them for that. Um, like that's not a fun atmosphere. Is it to, bike racing when you win in? like one through five? <laughs> Like that's the whole other thing. That could be the other press release that they shelved. Be like, oh, we wanted other teams to be able to win. Yeah, <laughs> well, they, I mean, that's one way they could have done it, but they did a little did, more professional. The, um, the, they, they they just continue to prove to be a more professional so, organization than all the rest of the clown uh, show of cycling here in the u.s which is the interview that kendall ryan gave was just like you know i just wanted to i I think she has a quote in there where it's like hey shout out for the people that told were trying to tell me how to corner this win was for you um and then i just did the math because i knew you were wondering um 487 swiss francs um right now the dollar is really strong so uh 500 uh u.s dollars uh to swiss francs is uh 487 so um, well, I thought this was going to be open and shut case here with the video. I was just going to say, yeah. uh, give the quick backstory and then say, and actually it was all a bunch of crap because the video says otherwise, but we've now, we've now done criterion nation's job for them. So Rob, well, uh, thanks. Yeah. You can just splice this in. You can, you just splice <laughs> it in. And then I mentioned it very, yeah. Anyways, Spencer. Whoa, man. I usually it's little guy that keeps us late. Um, here we are. It's been wonderful. I in 398 episodes, I don't think it's only been me and you on the podcast, except maybe in the very, very beginning. Um, I don't know. It's been uh, it's been great. Someone's going to have to update the uh, Slow Ride Podcast wiki um, and uh, put it on the Reddit page. Uh, it'd be uh, uh, fantastic. So, um, yeah, 
Well, Spencer, it's been fantastic. Um, I want to remind everybody, check out seasucker.com and use the promo code uh, SLOWRIDE15 to save 15% off on your very own Seasucker uh, rack. Take a look at the Talon. Everyone should have one. Um, we also want to thank BK1 of Rhyme Series Entertainment for the intro and outro music. Thank all of our fans that continue to email us at the slowridepodcast at gmail.com where all of your emails are gratefully received, even if we don't get to them on the air. And you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at the slow ride pod. Um, and little guy will be back Thanks. next week. This is Tim in Orlando. And this is Spencer in Holyoke reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists. So you see out on the road, even if they're buzzing you on an bike. The slow ride podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod.